Welcome to Food and Loathing, where we like to think of ourselves as more than just a podcast, but less than an actual meal. We're sort of a snack, a mental <laughs> brain snack for you. Of course we are. I'm your host, Al Mancini, joined again by our good friend, Chef Rick Moonen in the co-host chair, and a second co-host this week that I'm just feeling all the love, my friend Vic Vegas. Yeah, baby. He's um, he's here to talk about Chefs for Kids momentarily, but we convinced him to um, to come on board for the, at least the top part of the show. Why not? We'll see, see how long we can keep him around. Our microphone controller is, as always, Mr. Rich Johnson, or maybe MC Rich? No, no. You will not be calling me MC Rich ever <laughs> again, you're the or I will come and hurt you. The microphone controller. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, gentlemen, th- first, Rick, it's been a while since I've had you back. Vic, I don't know when. We used to do a weekly thing together, and that was about 12 years ago. Yeah, and then we both went and got lives. During Food Network Star. <laughs> yeah, I guess you had a life then. I didn't have much of one then yet. <laughs> so it was nice. Um, but it's great to have both of you back. This is We normally start off our show um, where we talk about what we've done over the past week. So, man, I don't want to start with me. I want to talk about you guys. Where have you guys been eating lately? Rick. <sighs> Rick, where the first of all, let's let's start with Rick. You've been out. It's you've been away from the show for about a month. Yeah. I'm hearing that you got invited back to Allegiant Stadium. I did. I know I wasn't asked that's to help you up. cook on this one. So. <laughs> no, I know, but that's probably because I got I kicked out last my, time we were here. To, I can't do that to my friends anymore. Al. Can't force people to eat uh. the food that I've helped prepare. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> the logistics is just crazy. It's insane. But I've had a, a very, very, very busy month. February was just out of control. I was started off in, in Austin doing the tasting for the company I work with, and then I flew directly to Fort Lauderdale to, um, actually, I forget it, I had to make a trip back to Vegas into Fort Lauderdale because of uh, bad plane situations going on, weather, it was bad weather in Austin, it was, they were getting sleet or something, and so I went to Fort Lauderdale, did a charity with um, Tom Calicchio and Aron Sanchez, and it was Emerald's um, Foundation, you know, he does this thing called Line, Vine, and Dine, so it's a it's a, a you know, competition for fishing competition, gorgeous, I mean, I can't complain, but just one thing after the other, then, could, then I go visit some friends in Florida, then the next thing you know, I'm doing a charity dinner in Orange County for Tilly's, a friend of mine that owns Tilly's. Why don't we, you need a reality show. I'd rather watch your life than like a stupid Kardashian's <laughs> life, man. Oh, yeah. you know? And, it, and yeah. they wanted a friend, I call it the gout dinner, you know, it was, it was insane. <laughs> I used a gallon of heavy cream for 12 people. <laughs> Whoa, creme, creme brulee took one quart alone and, and, and the rest was just insanity and foie gras. And right, so after that dinner, then I fly to, out to Austin again and do another uh, a video shoot, not audit, well, not video, a photo shoot, excuse me. My wife, who's the food stylist, comes out with me. We do this, it's great. All right, and right after that, she, I'm supposed to go to a wedding in Florida, couldn't go, stuck, stayed behind my son's visiting town, hang out with my son Jeffrey for a couple of days and that was a lot of fun. But that was home. Home, cooking tacos and stuff in my nice. you know, in my backyard, and then uh, off to um, to Florida. I mean, again to Miami for the South Beach Wine and Food Festival. You know, and every every you know Food Network star is still there. It's still cranking. It's still a premier you know uh, charity for FIU. You know, so it goes to students again in, in culinary, etc. Hospitality. You know, and Ian Schrager still around doing his thing. You know, Perfect. flew back on Monday, and now I'm. Prepping personally, taking for an event on uh, 
next Monday. Sorry, I don't, I don't know when this is going to be yeah. airing, but uh, just to follow along, it's the 7th at Legion Stadium. It's the Academy of Country Music Awards. Oh, and you, that. And you know, yeah, you know, yeah, a, couple, <laughs> yeah. a couple of people couple flying people. for yeah. yeah, and then right the following day. I'm country like, music, uh, by the way, country music stars, I have interviewed every rock star, every rap star, every pop star probably on the planet. Country music stars are the nicest fucking people in the world. They really are. They're so nice. <laughs> and that Nashville press corps, they all know them. They all know their the star's pets by name, and they send them, like, <laughs> dog birthday presents and shit. And it's really weird. Like, they see each other in the, the Piggly Wiggly or whatever down in Nashville, and they're just the nicest people ever, man. So, I mean, yeah. honestly, I, I'd much rather party with rock stars mm -hmm. than pop stars, but I'd you know, if I'm working, I'd rather work for country music. You know, since I've worked in, I work a lot in Austin and Nashville. I go back and forth sometimes. Um, I've gotten a lot more into country music. I really find it um, on a different level. You know, there's there's different kinds. Yeah. There's, there's stuff that can make you, you sick. Yeah, well, come on. Uh, Stop telling the same story in different, right. I mean, different ways. I know enough about your damn pickup truck. Yeah, right. I, and there's I, always, and the, see, the, <laughs> the word beer comes up in yeah. every single song. I, I, look, country <laughs> music stopped being cool in my mind. And yes, I'm going to piss off every country fan. Mm. As soon as, like, basically Jeff Mutt Lang married Shania Twain and turned country music into Def Leppard and turned <laughs> yeah. it into pop. And, I mean, for my years, when, when I was with ABC News Radio, it was really weird because every rock band, when MTV Unplugged happened, right, and mm. all through the 90s when I was there interviewing rock bands, they all wanted to, they all wanted to do an Unplugged thing because of MTV, right? Right, right? Every rock band, every metal band, every thrash band wanted to do Unplugged. Country stars would not perform Unplugged for us because like they were just all about really just being mainstream pop artists mm -hmm. so it's, um, it's a weird thing and you know when they wouldn't play johnny cash's records on country music i was like screw yeah, you yeah, and then when done. they you know when they didn't like having a black gay country star uh -huh. i wasn't really you know overjoyed with the waves the come and go the wave the, the bottom of the wave was for me in 1975 74 conway twitty c covering the eagles heartache tonight mm-hmm and, you, and the room goes silent. You yeah. can just imagine how wonderful that. We was. feel so terrible for you, Rick. <laughs> yeah. But you know, country music has always been around. So many sure. other things and come and go. Yeah. Country music is a staple. It's part of America, and it is great. Well, it's you the know? original white man's blues. I'll listen you know? to Chris Stapleton all day. You know, and I and I do. Okay. Well, look. Here's the deal: when you're going into um, Allegiant Stadium, <laughs> keep your eyes out on those digital billboards for Neon Feast ads. I want to make sure I'm getting my money because they're all it. over. Oh yeah, you got things, my eye so. for it, buddy. Um, cool. Vic, what have you been up to, man? Okay, well, I just got back a few days ago. Um, Florida. What's going on with Florida? Like, we've all been in Florida. Here. <laughs> um, I had to go to the Tampa area. We did another rescue. Rescue Bar Rescue is going strong. Um, the new season will be premiering on the 20th of this March on Paramount. I will be there. Um, and that's what I'm doing right now. Every other third week, I'm going down and doing a rescue. So I'm, I've been back for about three days, mm. and I will say that I ate at Waffle House twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smothered, covered, oh, and whatever that oh. is. Are you guys working with Robert Irvine now? No, John is John working is. with Irvine on a uh, project. I got you, guys. Yes, gotcha. they're doing some type of um, next level thing together. Yeah. Um, I, I love the ribeye steak at Waffle House that covers the oh, entire boy. plate, See, and, it's two, oh. and it's about two minutes. <laughs> Millimeters thick. As soon as you mention Waffle House, oh, Rich, Rich's eyes oh, light I, up. There. It's a great breakfast. I'm with him. I guess that's why I mentioned it because it's, it's <laughs> yeah. in my soul. So Waffle House, and then I've been back to Vegas in like the last few days. You know, I just been kind of eating junk food. Yeah, I haven't hit any of the new restaurants that have opened up. You haven't been to see Salt Bay or or Carver Steak or any of that stuff. 
Close, because, you know, working with Nicholas and company, we, we sell to a lot of those accounts, and we kind of see those guys building their places up. So we're yeah. giving them a little bit because, you know, we know chef life. Mm-hmm. We'll let them get through their stuff, and then we're going to flip a U-turn and come on in and start. Do you guys sell up. the gold leaf that, that Salt Bay is encrusting everything with? <laughs> no, but uh, good Lord, I wish we were. <laughs> That's a few, uh, Run on gold. few bricks of gold. Man. I think the Legacy Club is going to have to guard their um, gold vault a little more oh, yeah. up there. And, and, you, Salt Bay and you know what, too? I'm I'm more of a since I'm heavy in the culinary industry. Besides always getting invited to great chef events, you know where chefs are making great stuff. I'm a village pub guy. I'm a you know I I eat just like your regular local <laughs> like. I should have had you contribute to my survey for um dining for gaming bars with great eats because that oh. is a category that we have. So you and I are so many. How else if you want to add anything? They to are that. taking it so serious now. Back in the day, it was just an accessory to accessorize the gaming. Now it's yeah. like people come for the food and then they play because they're chefing it up. Now. Yeah, I think Golden yeah. was was out front with that. They got yeah. they well, they oh yeah, great corporate well chefs. Yep. Yeah, um, they do. Megan Romano's husband, Joe Romano. Joe, Sorry, I couldn't yep. remember. Oh, good old Joe. Joe. Charlie Palmer forever. Yeah, he was supposed to have the burger bar. He backed out at the last minute, and that's how Uber <laughs> Keller ended up in their long story. Oh, man, we're wow. getting inside True baseball story. now. Yeah. Wow. Um, I want to talk a bit about a, a few of the places where I've been. I spent uh, this weekend taking in a lot of hockey. In fact, I attended a Henderson Silver Knights game and a Vegas Golden Knights game in the same day. Yeah. So oh, I wanted to man. share a couple of quick that? observations Go. on the food at both of those. Talk to us. Um, for, for those who don't know, while they're called the Henderson Silver Knights and they practice on Water Street, the minor league team is actually playing their home games in the Orleans Arena. Oh, wow. Cool. While they're waiting for their new home to be built over in Henderson, which is supposed to be beautiful. I think that's the Dollar Loan Center. But... Um, I think that's what they're calling it. That's the corporate sponsor. Dollar Loan Center Center. The Center Center? Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't awesome. know. Just making that up. Um, but uh, so we went over, and I was, of course, hungry as hell when I got there. I'm like, what's going to be in the Orleans Arena to eat? I know where I go in T-Mobile to eat. But um, I, I wanted to give you a rundown. So when you walk into a Henderson Silver Knights game, right on the right, there's a table set up. It's not a real concession stand. Table with some hot boxes. And Crumble Cookies is there. And Crumble, I'm addicted to those fuckers man i love crumble (laughs) despite their what i consider their deceptive calorie counts on their app um i i love crumble cookies so that was cool to see them there but the culinary setup of that place is a little weird because the concourse you know the old vegas arena before we had Mm t-mobile most of those casino arenas are not real arenas they're sort of horseshoe shaped right Right, so they're not and they don't hold nearly as many people as a real arena so there's side you know there's one side and the other so on the side where the team benches are there's the typical concession stand selling the hot dogs you know all the shit that you're used to but on the other side which is where we were sitting great seats kathy brooks let me use her seats we were right (laughs) um, next to the penalty box and they were great but on that penalty box side there's a lot of those just these tables that are set up of people selling food there's a beef jerky stand over there <laughs> there's um there's chick-fil-a saying selling homophobic chicken i guess i, don't know. I haven't had that since i was never on a sunday in the 80s yeah ne- maybe yeah. not on sundays i don't know um and then there's the vegas cake pops people with the little table selling cake pops and chocolate covered pretzels so uh, what i'm basically saying is I like that they have some local base, like a local jerky guy, yeah. and they've got a local cake pop people in there. So Henderson Silver Knights, um, that's that's pretty much your your food choices when you go there. So I it's Henderson break. Silver Knight food. It like yeah. just you feel right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I liked it. Then between games, went over to Italy. I had some pizza alla pala at Italy. Mm. It's a change of pace. Yeah, um, this was. <laughs> Man, two slabs of pizza. They were massive. A cola, glass of wine, forty-three dollars. 
before tax. So I had people always ask what things cost. That took me back a little. Yeah. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting. But I've got to say, they were filling, and I didn't need anything over at T-Mobile. So it, I mean, it was Italy. worth it. You know, you're at Italy. Yeah. So I didn't really. When I saw the bill, I felt a little like, what the fuck? But then when I saw the size of the pizza, I was like, okay, no problem. It okay. filled me up. No okay. worries. Yeah, fair enough. Um, then I went into T-Mobile. If I had been hungry, I was surprised to find a new sausage stand from the Pizza Forte guys set up in my section. Yeah. So I'm going to need Ferraro. to speak to Mimo mm-hmm. about that. Um, get the 411. Hopefully I'll find out more. But the old bowl stand, the Asian bowl stand under my seats in 104, is no longer there. They now have this this sausage forte from Mimo. So we'll find out more about that. A lot of things have been moving around in T-Mobile. Snapper Razzo's moved to the other side. Ralphie. If you're looking for Ralphie. Um, Roland Smoke finally got back to a better location because they had been shoved way in the back there for a while. So I would definitely Glad check. If you're at T-Mobile, if you can't find your favorite right away, just poke around a little because they're probably still there. there. You just got to find them. So there's my public service announcement. <laughs> then on Tuesday, I spent some of my morning hanging out with Mike Davis of Fox 5 and Chef James Trees. We're over at Esther's Kitchen. We're there to talk about my new app, Neon Feast. You all heard all about it. But um, what, while I, what I wanted to tell you about was a new dish that Chef James prepared for us. It's called Linguini Verde. I was eating this at like 11 o'clock in the morning or you know whatever, 10.30 yeah. in the morning. It's his spinach pasta um, with his famed anchovy butter that comes Ooh. with the bread. Sounds good. That's how he cooks it up. So it's this pasta in the anchovy butter along with lemon, chilies, and sourdough breadcrumbs. I, I have to, got to tell you, run. Do not walk to Esther's Kitchen and get this dish. It's one of the best dishes I've ever had at Esther's Kitchen. And we all know that Esther's Kitchen is one of the best Italian restaurants in Las Vegas. It's almost like, look, I always judge an Italian restaurant by how well they do linguine and white clam sauce, but this is like just a, it, it's channeling all the energy of a great linguine and white clam sauce, mm-hmm. but just fucking it, amping it up to this ridiculous level with that anchovy. How the heck do we not sauce. go right now after you just said no, that? I'm starving. Yeah, yeah I yeah. feel like we gotta go We gotta there. go now. How can you say okay. Esther's is the best when old Salito Posto is so great as well? You know, his other <laughs> restaurant. Also owned by James Trees. Also owned by James Trees. Look, we can battle that out anytime. Yeah, and you prefer, yeah. well, that's because you're an East Coast guy. No, you like that true. Italian red sauce stuff? Better? No, I just like the uh, the hospitality. Not that it, wait, I'm not putting down Esther's at all. Right. I love Esther's. Been to Esther's dozens of times since I've lived here, since yeah. it's opened. But um, I love Al Salito Posto. Oh, yeah. You know, Tivoli. I mean, Tivoli Village is doing great. You know, it's not, you know, it's uh, Chef it's, James. It's, which it's, of your restaurants is the best? I was going <laughs> to say J- James just oh, covered it all. Yeah, he got uh, you both. He's a great guy. He is. I saw yeah. him a couple weeks ago. He was uh, he was in the office. Real nice guy. Yeah. yeah. One more place I need to mention. I tried a new meal prep service, and I'm going to have to do a show on meal prep services Mm -hmm. because I've done these when I do, like, um, during COVID when I was going, say, up to Utah, just renting a house off Airbnb. I'd get Vegas meal prep companies to make me stuff and go up there. And I've been to some good ones, but this guy, Chef Rob, who runs a place called 702 Prep, it was outstanding. It's funny. I met this guy through Brandon Powers' Facebook page in a kind of weird way, right? Um, It was like Brandon Powers said something nice about my app, and then this guy popped up, and he was like, well, it would be nice if you ever ate my food or something, right? And That's I was, Rob. Yeah, and I, I was having one of these days these because all day people were texting me talking about people talking shit about me on social media, which is fine. Talk all the shit you want. As long as you're talking about me and spelling my name yep. right and pointing people to my app, tell them and, and my podcast, then say all the shit you want. But I read it, and I was like, is this guy trying to start shit with me again, right? So, and. But, you know, I've got this new thing. I'm like, social media, I've been dragged into too many fights with people that shouldn't have been fights. So from now on, I decided I'm just going to take everything in the best possible way. 
and I'll, I'll be right. positive. Kill people with kindness because then if they are trying to start shit, it pisses them off, right? Because you don't <laughs> yeah. take the bait. And if they're not, then you have a nice experience. So I, I said to this guy, where, where do you cook, man? Maybe I'll try your food. He's like, I do a meal prep service. So we go back and forth. I said, look, I'll buy some of your food. He's like, I'll put a package together. I'll bring it to you. Back and forth. So I went and I picked up a bunch of food from him. Mm. Um, carne asada tacos, jerk chicken, salmon. Uh, no, jerk chicken. Salmon is everything. Oh, chicken yeah. sausage with peppers. Almond crusted cod. Something called You're My Boy Blue, which I think was um, an old school reference for the title of that. Um, which was, <laughs> Sue had. Too. It was going to make it fun. Yeah, it was a <laughs> salad with yeah. some steak and everything. A chicken cheesesteak bowl. All of this stuff was really good. I'm looking at the calorie counts on this shit, and I'm going 350, 450 calories for a whole meal. I'm never going to be full. I'm going to need to eat three of these things because I'm full. a big guy. I was full, man. Full. These were great dishes. Wow, cool. So this he does, guy was bro. awesome. I'm glad I didn't give him shit. I brought these things because this Oh, I know what those what are. These are that? chocolate peanut butter protein balls. Oh. Now, this is a couple days old, so it's been in my fridge. But I want everybody to try this because this. Oh, I've tried those. He gives their four to a package, 250 calories. So I'm this is like a 55 calorie deal. I'm a fan of Rob. And this is like crack that I'm eating. He got your attention. He's a smart man. That's what he did. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. we're here talking about Mr. Rob now. Yeah, well, look, I'd rather turn somebody. Love it. Somebody giving me oh. shit on social media into eating Listen, than into a fight. Rob's got the good protein balls, yeah. but his regular meatballs mm -hmm. are next level. He used to bring them into Sinful Subs. Rich Yo, needs, dude, come on. He's <laughs> bogarting it over there. Please. Mm. Please. And that's Thank like a 55-calorie snack that we're sharing between the two of us. Chef and Rob, my man. Mm -hmm. Well done. Well, going after so, you said three days old, but it's still got that fresh. Well, if there's such a thing as fresh peanut That's butter. The shelf life of a Twinkie, don't worry. Yeah, so seven oh two prep, much, and it, much like me, it all seems to be pretty healthy. <laughs> I never really understand what the deal is with meal prep services, whether you have to be rich or whether you have to be on a diet or whether you have to be a health food person. Uh, this guy, Chef Rob, he's he's built like you, Vic. I mean, he's, oh, I went he's, to his house. Even, I was like, no, I'm glad he, I didn't start a fight with him. He's even more stocky. He's a good shape, Chef Rob. Tin can. Man, um, but anyway, so Rob, thank you. This food was great. Rich, what are you yeah. been up to? <laughs> uh, a rare Sunday with friends uh, in town from Seattle. I've been here a couple of times in the past. We did the Big Deal Casino Restaurant Sinatra. We did the classic Steakhouse Golden Steer. This time, I thought it was time to hit the neighborhoods and the go-to while the out out of town is placed is, of course, Sparrow and Wolf. Yay. John Anthony gets the hospitality agenda sky high, exceeded only by the fantastic stuff. Coming uh, from Brian Howard's kitchen, we had a couple of apps, sides, fire-roasted Brussels sprouts, oxtail hummus, Japanese sweet potato. Uh, my wife, Joanna, had the pan-roasted cod in cold-pressed Japanese miso honey. Tastes better than it sounds. It sounds good. And it sounds damn great. <laughs> it sounds damn good. And my best friend of 50 years, Bruce, and I split this huge porterhouse sliced at the table. Uh, being Oregonians, we downed a nice bottle of Olson Estate uh, 2012 Pinot from the Dundee Hills of uh, the Willamette Valley. I love that the guy who gives me, fr you know, fried chicken KFC reviews is also <laughs> naming his wine yeah, by the year yeah, and by the producer, right? Like, man over here. You are a versatile man. <laughs> you can take Mr. me Rich. out of Oregon. And that uh, house comes with a bunch of little uh, Oh, yeah, it was like a Korean and, thing with about exactly. a dozen little, little oh, yeah. things, which Good. I forgot already, but yeah, yeah that's, that's great. That's what makes it fun. Then off to Oscars for a uh, dinner. Dinner and uh, uh, not dessert and a nightcap, 
And in case you missed it, I do produce On the Corner of Main Street, the podcast of the Plaza Hotel and Casino. Just throw it in. And he also, you also do one with UFOs. I want to ask you about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll do that one. Oh, one. I'll <laughs> that one these days. And of course, the day after that, so I don't disappoint you, it was back to some Hunan chicken at a family-run strip mall hole in the wall somewhere in Green Valley. So I'm still on brand. <laughs> okay. But what kind of wine did you have with that? Boone with the Farms, Strawberry. Let me raise one other thing in light of you uh, mentioning a brand powers and what's gone on on the other side of the world the past couple of weeks taking russian made vodka from the store shelves mm. not buying anymore and in brandon's case pouring it out on the street mm. yeah it's theater but I, you know i have no problem with this it does hurt the distributors who already have a ton of this stuff maybe on their shelves that they're not going to be able to move mm. for a while but i also want to make sure we know there's a little reality check about what is really Russian-made vodka. Well, I, I want to jump in on this, whether we approve of the theater. Okay? I mean, because you brought it up, and it's yeah. hanging out there, and a lot of people on Facebook saying it's bullshit theater. Um, first of all, I isn't all politics theater at this point in yeah. America anyway, right? Like, I, the same people that are bitching and moaning, like, oh, that this doesn't accomplish anything, this is just theater. I'm like, yeah, but you're waving that kind of a flag, or you're putting that kind of a bumper sticker, or you're wearing that kind of a T-shirt. Everybody's bragging about their politics in some kind of theatrical way, marching through the streets. So it's a statement. You're making a yeah, statement, you're right. getting on the news. And let's face it, how do you get the... Um, the illegal invasion of Ukraine into food news. Well, Brandon Powers yeah, accomplished it. Which, he did. Mm -hmm. God bless him for that. You know, and yeah, it was brilliant. And, and we're talking about it now on a food podcast, and you know, we're showing our support. For, at least I am vocally showing my support for the people of Ukraine on a food podcast because Brandon brought that up. So he gave us an yeah. outlook. Yeah, is it bullshit? A, a bullshit type of marketing that that's the way you sneak it into a food story? Yeah, but you know what? That's so just what? good marketing. And no. Brandon knows marketing. The man behind the um, grasshopper. <laughs> For pizza, yeah. you know, knows how to get attention, and that yeah. story got picked up nationally and probably internationally. Wow. And God bless him, man. Brandon's a smart guy. The reality check being about one percent of America's vodka consumption is uh, from Russia, and the most famous brand, Stolichnaya, is not made in Russia anymore. It's made in Latvia, which is a NATO country and an mm -hmm. ally of Ukraine. And the other great Russian-sounding thing, Smirnoff. Maybe have its roots in Russia in the 1800s, but it's owned by a UK company now and made all over the world, including Illinois. <laughs> I feel like so don't pour out your Smirnoff. Vodka is the most like misunderstood spirit. Uh, yes, vodka uh, is now Alfredo sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've I've asked people to define like what makes vodka vodka because it's not from what you produce it from. You can produce it from everything, from grapes to potatoes to grains. Right. Um, you know, right. so vodka, and then they we just flavor it for moonshine girls baby. anyway. It's so fancy it's pretty moonshine. much just fancy moonshine yep. from Europe for the most part, right? right. From Eastern Europe, alcohol and water. Yeah. Anyway, okay, well, coming up, Jay Dapper is one step closer to finding a coffee shop concept for his Hunt Ridge development. But first, we're going to chat with Vic and another local chef about fighting childhood hunger and malnutrition through education and awareness. This is Food and Loathing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. And Rick Moonen and I are now joined by some very special guests here at the South Point Resort. We have uh, my old buddy, Vic Vegas. Vic, I've probably done more broadcast interviews with you than anybody else going all the way back to your days on Food Network Star, man. You used to come on my old, um, my old. I don't even know what we would call it, a web TV show that I used to <laughs> What was it called then? It was like you and Top I were from food cellars and basements to hotel suites. Yeah, I mean, we've de- I, I've definitely come up a bit in the world thanks to guys like you, I think. Thank you. And also, I'm um, Chef Chris Johns. Chris Johns, are you executive chef? Chris, are you executive chef here at the South Point Resort? I'm, I'm the executive chef here at the South Point for Michael Garner. I've worked for him for 26 years. Wow. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And, of course, Rick Moonen with us again. Hello, hello. We are here to talk um, a little bit, not about the restaurants that you guys work with, although you work with some fantastic restaurants, but about a good cause that you're involved with called Chefs for Kids. And I will tell you, I got an email from a mutual friend of ours saying, hey, Al, would you be interested in doing this um, this gala event? Would you come and host it? And I'm like, yeah, if it's a good cause, what's it for? Chefs for Kids. Okay, all I have to hear is the word chefs and kids. I'm <laughs> in, right? And then I hear Vic Vegas is going to be there. I'm like, okay, well, shit, man, I would do just about any benefit that you're doing. I probably, probably anything that's good for you is good for me. But, you know, I've heard Chefs for Kids mentioned a lot in Las Vegas over my time here. Uh, I think I've known a lot of chefs who have been involved with it. It's always kind of hard to peg down exactly what the mission statement is. As I understand it, and please, you gentlemen, jump in if I get it wrong, but it's really trying to alleviate hunger and malnutrition through both education and physically putting food into kids' bellies. So you're trying to teach them, put not knowledge in their heads and also put food in their bellies. Am I getting that correct? You are. The, the, this started 30 years ago in Las Vegas by the ACF Chefs of Las Vegas. And we fund teachers who go into the different schools and we teach second, third grade children nutrition, <laughs> healthy lifestyle, sanitation, and how to grow into good people. And we follow this up with uh, the, the chefs. We, we haven't done it for a couple of years because of this pandemic, but we were going to 14 different schools throughout the year with a hot breakfast. This was taken by different hotels, different colleges. We'd go in, we'd feed uh, anything from 450 to 1,000 children a hot meal for them. Some, some of them, it was the only meal that they get the hot meal for the day. Uh, it is the heart and soul chefs of Las Vegas who were involved in this, the ones who, some of them even had kids in the schools, and the kids grew up to be chefs and continued doing the, uh, the Chefs for Kids breakfasts. Wow. Uh, all this is done Amazing. at no cost to the school district. We fund it, we raise money. Our gala coming up will be raising money to uh, help pay for the teachers that go into the schools, and it, it's a very heartwarming program chef chris how do you how do you um raise the money what what are the events that you hold uh? our, our main thing is a dinner and auction which is coming up this march on the 12th it's being held at red rock uh, hotel and casino mm-hmm. we have a silent auction a live auction tickets are available the live auction chef 
put packages together. We go into people's homes, we'll cook a meal for 12 people. Some of these packages, they go from anything from six to $8,000, and we go in, we do everything uh, from soup to nuts. We bring food servers, we clean the kitchen when we finished. We also have silent auctions, which are restaurant packages, dining room packages, blenders, knives, different things that we get uh, donated to us. And then we have one or two other fundraisers throughout the year. What's the name of the event? Uh, the Chefs for Kids Annual Dinner and Gala. Perfect. And it'll be at Red Rock on March the 12th. Perfect. I'll be co-hosting, hosting, co-hosting. I'm not sure, but I know I'll be standing on stage saying dumb things. Well, so I'm excited about that. That's yes. very cool that you guys have welcomed me in. I want to talk about the mission. Um, and, okay, you got to hear me all the way through because what I say up front might piss people off a little bit. But, you know, I've always felt, I know a lot of people who were raised, clean your plate, right? Eat everything on your plate. It's horrible to waste food. Kids go to bed hungry. And my response to that is always, well, actually, no, in America, more people die of um, obesity than die of malnutrition. And I bring that up for a simple fact that I don't know. America is a plentiful land where we have a lot of food. But the problem is we eat the wrong things. And poverty tends to lead people to eat things that are not nutritious, that are not healthy, that are problematic foods. So I love what you guys are doing because not only is it addressing that nobody can learn with an empty belly, which they can't, and it's very important to feed kids at school, but you're also teaching them to eat properly when they go home and to eat in a way that when they do get food, which hopefully they get every day, three times a day, but that they're making the smart choices that are going to keep them nutri nutri nutrition, right? Because any empty calories don't matter, but it's the idea of eating well. Now, again, not I'm not belittling the need for food or the need to bring people food, but I like that you guys are taking it to the next step, which is teaching people. And what do you encounter when you go into these schools? What are the... Where are the, there's the lack of knowledge of what kids just don't understand about how to eat properly? The schools that we go into are what they call the at-risk schools in the parts of Las Vegas, <clears throat> which need a bit, little bit of support. Our teachers, uh, they, they teach the nutritional part of it. They, they concentrate on a vegetable. One month is going to be spinach, tomatoes, zucchini, strawberries, different things like that. And they teach them healthy food. And they, t they do even do cooking classes. Some of our chefs have done little videos where they will show how to take certain vegetables and cook them and make a meal out of this so that they understand that everything doesn't have to come in a, a brown paper bag from the drive-thru. You can take things from the store very economically priced and cook them at home. And that, like I say, the teachers will actually bring the vegetables into the classroom. Some of them even have costumes. They'll show up as a strawberry or a, <laughs> or a pea, a lot, you know, a pea pod and things like that to emphasize to them that food comes from the ground. It doesn't come from always come from the drive-through, like I say. And it, it's very important to us that when we follow up with the breakfast, we have a nutritional breakfast that we have. Anderson Dairy always provides us the milk. There's always healthy food there for them. And like we say, overeating is not the answer to hunger, but good, solid, nutritious food. And this is what they teach in the, in the classes to the children. They show them 
the vegetables. <laughs> and you have a lot of local chefs that come in and volunteer for this, right, to go in. And I think, and I don't want to misspeak, but I believe John Church, a friend of mine, used to do some work with your organization. I know he's been in schools, and he's just told me stories about, like, kids that don't know what a broccoli is when they, <clears throat> when he, when they go into the, the room. So you have a lot of local chefs who take the time out to go in and educate these people, right? We have had a lot of chefs. So obviously, like I say, the last couple of years, we've green rolled because we just haven't been doing the breakfasts, but we do have a lot of new chefs coming on board. They are going to be positive and influence to us. And like you say, we've, we've had it where we assume or we take for granted certain things. One, one breakfast we had, there was a fruit tray there. Somebody had done very nice sliced fruits and all. And this little girl comes in and points and says, what's that? We said, well, it's a strawberry. She'd never seen one before. And that's when you realize where we need to go and into the community to help educate and bring the nutritional value of food into the homes. Vic, how'd you get involved with this organization? Well, one, I love chefs. One, I love Vegas. One, I love kids. So in a similar universe, St. Jude's Ranch for Children, I've already gotten into the habit of getting down and taking care of our kids and trying to get them on track and, you know, get them ready for the future. At the same time, showing them love, giving them education and seeing, you know, how much we can impact them in the little bit of time we spend with them. So knowing this gentleman next to me and him being such a role model for many of us Las Vegas chefs, uh, whether it was, you you know, hearing about him through the years of working on the strip, because you could have worked at the Mirage or even a downtown hotel. You heard of this man. And one way or another, we all either got hired or not hired by him. <laughs> me, it's a true story. I don't think he remembers because there's no way he would. But he did not hire me a long time ago. But out of respect, he caught me because I said, something I shouldn't have. It was like, I, I think I said I put velute in my chipino and he picked it apart, busted me in 20 ways and said, have a nice life. And, and then ever since then, I respected him so much where now and then I peeked in on what he was doing. And then finally, when I got to a point in my career where I, you know, brought me close to working next to Chef Chris, it, it taught me many things. You know, one, never bullshit a Jedi chef. Excuse my language. Two, you know, embrace this career and when you get somewhere like he did give back you use that strength that yeah, you're yeah. built as the chef that you are and all the awareness and, and all the hard work that you know you brought to your plates and the people and the fans and get them to tune into what it is you're doing so my participation with these guys is one respecting them like no tomorrow Two, wanting to help my local chefs and the executive chefs that paid the way for guys like me. You know, Chris paved the way for guys like me. And, um, you know, t teaming up and doing it, it's strong. You know, like over COVID, like teaming up with these chefs and, and gathering the food and, and meeting at spots. Like they did all of this. They were like the superheroes during the pandemic, you know, led by these guys. So my, my role is to bring awareness and do whatever Chef Chris needs. Of course, I get in the auctions where I donate, you know, my time and I get Nicholas and company to donate the food. And, you know, they support me because that's the company I work for, corporate executive chef, besides owning some restaurants. Um, Nicholas and company been very helpful with this whole situation and it's just part of being on that team with these elite chefs using your strength 
and powers to give back and really help get these kids, you know, on track and create a nice future for them. Rick, um, yeah, I know you're not directly involved with Chefs for Kids yet, but I am going to put you on the spot because I remember a story you told me maybe about 12, 13 years ago, so I hope you remember it as well, but I'll about try. working with kids and trying to educate kids and um, playing with Crisco, right? Oh, yeah. Like, could you could talk about that? And I'm, I'm wondering if it might trigger some stories about experiences <laughs> they've had with working with kids and trying to educate them as well. All right, let me fill you in on the Crisco experience. <laughs> and it's not what you guys are thinking, okay? No hamsters involved. Okay. This is, uh, my kids were young. I have two sons. And they were probably like eight and maybe six, you know, old enough to understand what you're trying to sell them. Maybe younger, I'm sorry, because that's a little old for this situation. So I sat them down and I put a can of Crisco on the center of the table and did it up and said, hey, guys, let's do something fun, huh? Take some in your hand and rub it all over your hands. Spread all those hands. Okay, go wash it off. You know, they're doing it. This is fun, yeah. We're getting to do something weird, you know, dirty. They couldn't get it off their hands. And the only way they could get it off their hands was hot water. That hurt. And they had to do it a couple of times in order to get that Crisco off their hands. Well, I told them, I wrote it down. This is the word, you know, hydrogenated. So this is what you're eating when you're eating those soft cookies when you go there and all these other things. You look for this word hydrogenated on there. Because if you can't get it off your hands, how does your body get it out of itself? It clogs your arteries. It's terrible for you. And that's all they needed to know. Wow. And with the fun part and the experience of Wow, and that's going in me. They, they, they got it, you know. Right. So that's the story I think I told yeah. you, right? And, no, and that, that stuck with me. Thanks I mean, for sharing. I think you yeah. told me that yeah. a long, long time. That's ago. a stick with you story. Yeah, and <laughs> I'll be just, just like the um, the Crisco stuck. And with one of them. my two sons really follows, and the other one doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> He's all for it. Right. I'm just wondering if you guys have had any of those sort of. I mean, you you talked about the strawberry moment, which I, you know is amazing that people just have never seen a strawberry. But uh, just if you have any more eyes, that you I see the eyes. Like yeah. when when they when they get in. Front of like some of these buffets that these guys lay out for them or when they're going to educate it's like the same look when we found an easter egg or looked under the you know the tree or whatever holiday gift we received like they're looking at something as simple as a plate of food like we were looking at a gift we received Mm -hmm. and you can feel that in their eyes when they're looking at it like these kids don't see this that much we are Right now, we're distracting them from what's rough, and we're getting them to focus. It's pretty cool, man. Now, we're going to talk one more time about the gala and the auction that's coming up, but I think, you know, whenever I get asked to talk about a, a nonprofit or a charitable event, I, one of my first questions is always, what are you guys looking to accomplish? What are we hoping we could do through this interview? I mean, raise money is always a pretty simple one, but one thing that somebody mentioned to me is to get more chefs chefs involved with the cause. So I know a lot of chefs listen to this because they take to the social media to tell me how much I suck afterwards. No, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, well, no, I'm not. But um, anyway, I know a lot of chefs do listen to this so could you talk a bit about how people in the local community can get involved and give back well yeah you you talk about chefs like johnny that know i think just about everything like i i think i know a lot and then i see somebody like johnny and i'm like okay i still need to learn some more because this guy knows a lot uh getting these gentlemen who have made it who have set great examples who you've seen before want to give their heart and soul to situations Even you can help us with this because a lot of these guys love you like we do. You know, we've known you over the years. We've stuck with each other through like when nobody watched us and when everybody watched us. So I think, Al, it's it's about, you know, really starting to bring awareness to the to the right chefs out there that could jump on in and and make us stronger than we are. Because we want this to continue forever, man. We don't want this to stop one day. So the chefs like Johnny and them, I would try to get them involved. So, Chef Chris, how can they contact Chefs for Kids and get involved? 
We do have a web page, uh, org. I believe it is. Uh, I got it right. Uh, we, you can go on there and find out all the, the schedules for the schools that will be coming up. Uh, you can find out our monthly newsletter, which is sent out through this. Uh, you can call me here at the South Point Hotel. You can contact uh, the, the Cooperative Extension at UNR, which uh, is part of the part of our organization where the teachers come out from. And we'd be only too happy if people like the chefs out there could contact us. We always look for new properties to host a breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dinner itself, we, we really welcome packages to go in here. There. And <clears throat> where we would like to take this is to get into more schools. We currently, well, we were doing 14 schools. Our teachers go into, I believe, it's 24 different schools and teach. But because of the limitation of funds and availability of chefs to get into the actual schools, the impact that the teachers have in the classroom is very good. We have in the past bought and provided the students little scrubbing brushes with our logo on them so they understand to wash the vegetables, clean their hands and everything like that. We provided little measuring cups, measuring spoons, so they understand you don't have to have a big pile of food in your plate and leave part of it. You measure it out. We've had uh, uh, insulated lunch packs, which we've given them with our logo on. But we would like more people involved so we can get into more schools and have more of an impact on more children. We believe that if you get in at an early age and you teach them these things, when they go home, they spread it throughout the family. And we know for a fact they do. And a lot of parents, you know, they've followed up on the education that we've provided in the homes. So the awareness of our program out there, more chefs, any chefs out there, you know, get your hotels involved. It's a great cause. It only takes a few hours a week, you know, a month for you to come to a breakfast and it's well worth it. You see the look, like Vic says, you see the look of these children's faces when they come in. They see the chefs, they're in the uniforms. They look up at us. They, they're impressed. They're hungry and they're happy when they leave. Well, that's one thing I love about this chef community in this town is um, their their generosity with their time and their money as well. But most, you know, their time, um, because we all know that it's it's been a rough couple of years for restaurants and you guys are all ridiculously overworked. But yet I still see folks like you giving back, which is just astounding. So thank you for that. What if um, somebody's saying, wow, I'd love it if, um, you know, what if a teacher's listening and would love to have you guys come into their school or something like that? Are you able? Is there a way that they can request this or are you pretty much to the max right now? with who you can handle? Well, pretty much fold up right now, but we do have a waiting list. Uh, Christine Morey, who is at uh, UNR Cooperative Extension here in Las Vegas, she is our teaching coordinator. She goes into schools and teaches as well. Uh, she's the lady who puts everything together, uh, coordinates the chefs, the teaching, and the breakfasts. Okay, now let's talk about party time. One last time for tickets for the big event, for the auction, the dinner, all that. That's on, um, am I getting the date right? It's March 12th, Mm -hmm. 10 days from, well, we're recording, 10 Uh, days from when we're recording this segment. Um, But yeah, so that's coming up. What's the ticket price on that? And are tickets still available? Tickets are available. They're at a very reasonable price of $225 per person. Mm -hmm. There are tables available. Uh, they have, if you go on the webpage, you will see some of the different packages that are available. 
where you can get uh, logo, your company logo advertised. Uh, you can have uh, a table for 10 and things like that. But it is all the information is on the webpage www.shesforkids.org. Short ribs being served. I'm hearing all this oh. kind of stuff going on here. You know, I'm excited. It's, nice. it's going to be a great meal. We got a lot of. Uh, we've had a lot of support in providing the food for this uh, this year, and it promises to be a very good event. Coming out of the pandemic, we're very happy with what we're looking at. But the more, the merrier. Yeah, I mean, I feel like people, just the past couple of weeks, I've seen such a change in attitude. And maybe it was the, the dropping of the mask mandate. Maybe it's the weather turning in Las Vegas. But people are just excited to go out. Combo. People, people, I mean, look, I, I'm going to go out and buy a new suit for this. I think, right? Well. You know, like dress up, look good, make sure my hair is spiked properly. <laughs> and, um, you know, Very like, nice. come on, go out, have fun. Red Rock's a great place for an event. Oh, yeah. And um, it's for a good cause. So thank you, gentlemen, everyone that's here. Thank you, Vic. Vegas. Thank, Thank you, Chris you. Johns. Thank I appreciate you, Rick. it. Great speaking to you guys. Yeah, Rick right is going to be coming back with me for the next segment. We have the news next. This is Food and Loathing. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Time for the news. The Hunt Ridge Theater is one step closer to getting a coffee shop, although there are twice as many concepts in the running as there were supposed to be at this point. Um, look, as we've previ previously reported, developer Jay Dapper is so hungry for the kind of Vegas coffee shop he grew up with that he's offering to build one for the team that submits the best concept. And we've spoken about this on this show before. He basically, you're going to do a huge build-out. Yesco's going to give him a $90,000 sign. Jerry Misco's going to help with the art, who's my absolute favorite Las Vegas artist. Um, you know, really? all kinds of, yeah, so it's it's a big deal. I mean, I don't know. I'll be straight. I like Jay Dapper a lot. I think yep. he's always he's behind great. great restaurants in his developments. So I'm certainly not disparaging what he's doing. I don't know how much this is different than just negotiating a great build out with your landlord, but he's turned it into a media event and good for him. He Smart. had a shitload of people at Carson Kitchen to reveal the um, the six finalists for this thing. Nice. Um, the call went out a while ago. They were supposed to narrow it down to three people. They ended up, then they said they were going to do five. Now they ended up having six. <laughs> I was over at Carson Kitchen uh, the other day when they announced them. I spoke to Jay a little bit about that. So that he'll explain right now why there's, um, there's six. As we talked about before, you know, we had this concept or this idea to give away a diner, you know, a delicatessen or a coffee shop, and never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that it would end up quite like this. But we ended up, um, you know, when we went out, you know, I kind of thought maybe I'd get 10, 15, maybe 20 if we were lucky, and we ended up getting 80, which is just incredible. Um, and out of those 80, I mean, we, 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 we got probably 25 to 30 really great ones. So even to whittle it down to the 16 or 17 that we ended up whittling it down to, to really consider for the finalist, it was difficult and um, it was much harder than I would have thought. You know, like I would have thought, oh, I'm gonna just go through a bunch of decks and make some decisions in an afternoon. But I mean, when I say I spent days and days combing through these decks, 
I mean, to read each one, read each menu, understand what, you know, what their concept was, who they were, you know, what their background was. It was, it was work, (laughs) but it was good work, but it was work. And then the real hard work started because when we finally got to the point where we decided that we were going to, you know, select some contestants and get to the point where we were, you know, getting it down to the the few that were going to, you know, win and be finalists. Originally, we had thought that we were going to do three. And I thought that was plenty. Like, I don't want to make it more confusing than that, right? And I mean, like today, you know, you see we, we ended up with six because we went from three to five to six because every single time that we went through our finalists, we are like, how are we going to decide between these guys? It was too difficult. Everybody was so well qualified. Their concept was amazing. And we're like, how could we not give it to this person or this person? And so we ended up with the six. So what do these all have in common? And then how different are they from each other? So I would say the only thing that they have in common is every single solitary person is super passionate about restaurants, entrepreneurship, and clearly they they understood, you know, why I wanted to do this, like to bring the diner back. I would say each one of them was very different. Um, Even though each one of them was a variation of a diner or a coffee shop, I think each person was very distinct. When we ultimately picked the finalists, I got to the point where I was like, there's no, you know, like, it wasn't like there was two people that were a little alike. Each one was different. Each person I liked their concept for a different reason. It could have been their name, their menu, the variation of their name and their menu their background, their passion for this project or for entrepreneurship and and owning a restaurant. Every single one of them had many attributes where we were like, these guys are amazing. Like, I want to build every one of these. So there were some familiar faces among the finalists. I spoke to most of them. And what I'm going to do is when they start this... um, this Vegas test kitchen run where they all take a little bit of a, a, a couple days. I'm probably going to play their individual interviews those weeks before their Vegas test kitchen runs to remind you, but just to run down the finalists. And I was looking over their decks this morning before we recorded. Um, it was a place called Dinette, which is um, Jared Howard from, we all know from best of coffee shop with some other people, Trent Jones, Nick, Nick, uh, a Della Pena. Um, some who we I know from around the scene. I can't. I apologize. I'm not getting where they're from right now off the top of my head. There's a place called Winnie and Ethel's Downtown Diner, and that's a collaboration between Aaron Lee and Mallory Gott, and that's basically based on the food of one of their mothers, the other one's grandmother. Um, so that seems kind of cool. There's a place called Simple Diner, which is our friend Chef Stacy Dugan, who I love. She's a great vegan chef, also a great cannabis edible chef. Mm-hmm. Um, this place will be vegan. It will not be cannabis. <laughs> Um, she's got a lot of partners in there. Unikia Taylor, uh, Maribel Alvarez, um, Jen Faccione, and Jen Tramaglino, who is just Jen T. Everybody knows, in this town knows her as Jen T. Right on. Um, she was simple. with Click Hospitality for a while. She was with the Light Group. So I'm mentioning these names because a lot of people that listen know a lot of these names. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a place called Savage Fine Diner and Tavern with Christopher Jones and Chuck Fromer. The Tipsy Buffalo, which is Kevin Kwan and Richie Liu. And why I was reading over their deck this morning, Uh-oh. and what they're hoping to get is a big, um, if, if they get the gig, is a, to collaborate 
collaboration with Buffalo Trace, and they want to actually—they're uh, hinting they might be able to have Buffalo Trace vodka on tap, or vodka, sorry, v- Buffalo Trace bourbon on tap there, yeah. which would Whoa. be fun. Um, so that would be, that would be nice. Dana's getting that happening. Collection of Pappy Van Winkle at a diner, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Random Act Diner, which is our friend Chef Kai Vu, Louis DeSantos, uh, Daya Young, and Freddie Paloma, and that one actually has a live music component to it. Mm. So oh, that would be really cool. cool Louis is a great guy area. too. Yeah, Lewis is a fantastic guy. So um, they're going to start trying out their ideas with a series of pop-ups at Vegas Test Kitchen starting April 1st, wrapping up in early May. Sweet. Winner will be chosen by a panel of judges that includes Jay Dapper, Corey Harwell, um, Mark Marone, and John Simmons. So, you know, we know all of those yes. guys. Corey, of course, from Carson Kitchen. Mark a lot Marone, of talent, Mark lot of good Bell, guys. And lots yeah. of other things. A lot you know, established John, dudes. John Simmons, the man behind Firefly and many other concepts. Oh, very cool. So, you know, those are going to be the judges. Corey. I will hopefully be um, talking a bit about each of them before that week, and we can all go down to Vegas Test Kitchen and try them out. And then we can just judge them. That's so cool. Maybe we'll open our own diet. Hopes and fears on this thing. It sounds like he wants, you know, he says that classic coffee shop casino thing like uh, we see Frank Sinatra sitting at in Ocean's Eleven from 1960. That's weird. That black and blue diner Las Vegas didn't make it into that mix. Hmm. That's crazy, a Vegas-themed diner. Yeah, my fear is it's going to be more homage than authentic, like talking about Buffalo Trace I love bourbon, right, right, which right, is yeah. wonderful, but is that a diner thing? No. Well, is that I the think, classic diner? I, no. I believe the way Jay's explained it to me a few times, and I don't want to speak for him. We could have him on when they announce it, but I think he just wants it that a diner and a coffee shop are no longer go to Starbucks, right? That if you yeah. want to get breakfast late at night, there's a place in this in his yeah. development where yeah. you could do it's that. On the right track. You want to be able to get steak and eggs you know, at yes. any time that, yeah. that that's available. So I think those are the keys. Um, but beyond that, no. I, look, Jay's a hip of the moment guy. Uh, he's not going to do something that's not going to work and that's not going to speak to the downtown crowd. Because if you're opening in Hundreds, you've got to speak to that crowd. As Everything, well. everyone you just mentioned, though, we win either way. All these names, like whoever wins, we win because it's yeah, going to be yeah. good no matter what. Right. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Speaking to the downtown downtown crowd, also that neighborhood crowd, and while that neighborhood is aspirational, thanks to Jay, the reality of the neighborhood now and for the next few years is that it's middle to lower middle class, and if you want to have people be able to walk to it and enjoy it and feel comfortable in it, it has to be at a level that sure. works. I yeah, but Fremont I mean, Street's been creeping west for and quite also a the Hundred Circle yeah. neighborhood. We'll I can't afford to buy a house there. I would if I could. I mean, like everybody yeah. cool oh. is moving down there, so it. May be more affordable than the McMansions out in Summerlin, but it ain't like it's New York. It ain't poor yeah. people moving into the <laughs> hundred circle neighborhood, man. But there's, grandfather, there's plenty the people who are already there. The it is who, the yeah, redo of Harlem. When when now Harlem, you need to uh, have a Black American Express card to live in Harlem. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what's happening there. Uh, in other news, our friends at the Proof Awards just sent me an email, uh, wanted us to know, and we, we've had them on recently a lot at the fancy food shows. We talked to them. Rick, I know you've been involved with them, so I wanted yes. your thoughts on it. But their website is now accepting entries for the 2022 awards. I just got that email today, www.proofawards.com. Rick, tell me a bit about your experience working with the Proof Awards. Uh, I was invited to go there and be a judge, which was great. You know, you go there in the morning. And these are all um, spirits that are, you don't know what's in. They're unmarked. They're like new brands, right? New brands, yeah. Yeah. You're not tasting something that you're you're, uh, directly familiar with. But you get get to compare and contrast. And and, you want to get the one that has the perfect 10 in each category, et cetera. And it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, I love stuff like that. I mean, I like challenging my palate and and having discussions with people. What do you get out of this? You read something that sounds 
really weird, you know, maple syrup and maple flavored bourbon or something. You're like, yeah, right, that's going to suck. And then phew, you're blown away. Next level. Yeah, it's next level stuff. <laughs> like, Okie dokie, Dan. Yeah, we had one of the guys from the Proof Awards on during the Fancy Food Show, and he yeah. was telling me it's a great opportunity because the judges are people like you, Rick Moonen. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. like, um, he said one of the contestants actually got a buy from Carnival Cruise Lines because one of the judges was the buyer for Carnival Cruise Lines, right? So yeah. it's a nice way to get your product in front. So if you have a new spirits brand, they're now accepting entries. I think you have to pay to enter. Um, you yeah, get all of course. The details, www.proofawards.com. Yeah. Very cool. But you know, if there's my friend Michael Pollitz, who we've all known yes, for a million Michael. years in Las Vegas. He sent me that email. So, Keep hey, Michael, nice. thanks for letting me know. <laughs> and, yeah, talk about people that could go the wrong way on um, social media. And don't, te- don't text Mike. <laughs> don't. You call him. He don't like texting. Ah, well, I'm with him on that one. Finally, um, our friend Antonio Nunez is bringing a new speakeasy to Water Street. This is another one that I thought I was going to try to talk to him before we recorded. We didn't have the chance, so I asked him to send me over some bullet points. Um, It basically, you know, we all know him from a lot of different restaurants, Mm -hmm. the Stove in Henderson. I believe he's extricating himself a bit from the operations over at the Stove, and he's turning his attention to something new. Um, again, didn't do the formal interview, but I got the bullet points. Here's the deal. It's called Speakeasy Brunch. It will be a weekend brunch in the Water Street Tapas and Sushi Spot, Chinitas. There's a lot in that fucking sentence to unpack, right? <laughs> but it's like, Nunes, bro. I've just said <laughs> so many things. Like He can unpack it. Yeah, so it's Water Street, which is, of course, an up-and-coming area over Another there. And um, him. a lot of good places. <laughs> Chinitas I haven't been into, but it, it apparently blends Spanish tapas and or Mexican food, Spanish tapas, and... Sushi, yeah, right? It should be like, a sobriety. It's a little weird. That, say that three times fast. Yeah. This is yeah. <laughs> and so he's bringing in this speakeasy brunch. It's going to be a weekend brunch. And here are a few of the bullet points he sent me. Hopefully we'll have him on in an upcoming show. You're going to enter through the rear parking lot. No signage. You go up some stairs actually through the real servers area. So I'm picturing the way that we spoke on the phone and the way that he sent it to me. That real Goodfellas scene, right? Where oh, you're yeah. going in the yep. back yep. and you're oh, going yeah. through okay. all that I shit. I can see him doing that. Um, go up the stairs through the service area to a grand waiting area. You'll then be escorted to your table and handed an envelope that says the secret society of real brunchers and inside you will find two postcards with the menus okay <laughs> um, so he's telling me about the room a large square room with a raised dj booth in the center front area um a full bar and barista in the back of the room with a photo booth you know he's always kind of involved with those places where you want to take a picture of yourself yes. right like that kind <laughs> of very deal. creative and, and he was those. just on my buddy um sean o'malley's show food paradise actually with for this exact kind of thing that's a fun it. show to do Sean's great. But um, okay, so we've got that. A VIP formal dining table in the center because, again, Antonio really seems to be plugged into where those athletes that live out in Henderson like to go and party. So I see him having a lot of CNBC people at his place. Um, Future entertainment will include a young lady suspended from the ceiling on a swing shooting bubbles. I believe the swing is shooting the bubbles or the lady. And where do the bubbles The lady, I don't know where they're coming yeah, from. On the lady. I want we, the source so, of the, the provenance, yes. I would like to know from what the bub- <laughs> bubbles are emanating. Um, Reservation and then only? What's rolling <laughs> doors to open to a 1,200-square-foot patio overlooking downtown Henderson and the Strip. He, wow. He's promising it'll Love be the first off-the-strip bottomless tapas brunch. Asian and Mexican influences, 40 hours for two hours of the food, plus another 20 if you want to do bottomless mimosas. This, bad. of yeah. course, being it's Anthony, there will be bottle service available oh, there will for those be. of you yes. that want to be That's a ball. Right. Or someone on a ladder pouring it down <laughs> your say. throat or something yeah. crazy with cotton candy. DUI guaranteed. I love it. <laughs> I love That's it. why we got Uber. Um, I'm glad he's coming yes. back, man. 
Yeah, so that should be great. Tentative launch date, March 27th, starting Sundays only, eventually moving to Saturdays and Sundays. So that brings us to where we would normally eat edibles. Everybody knows the deal. I don't do edibles inside of a casino. I don't want anybody getting in trouble. I will mention that... Um, Rick, maybe for the next one, if we do it at your house or someplace mm-hmm. where we can do edibles. Yes. Incredible. Acceptable. Yeah, you better I, set up the cotch <laughs> yeah. next time. I got these black cherry incredible chocolate bars, and the guy Ooh. said to me, these are really going to remind you of Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia, and I have to say that that that's high praise to me because Cherry Garcia was how I got into Ben and Jerry's Big like shoes to 35 fit. years ago. Oh, yeah. But, yep. man, this does bring you right back to being stoned eating a big giant pint in College of Cherry Garcia. <laughs> it's so fucking good. I just wanted to put them in ice cream. So you and I are going to try them on the air next week. I, and then I'll also bitch about the folks at Incredibles have the shittiest packaging. And all Edibles packaging sucks, but Incredibles are worse. So you and I are going to play with some Incredibles packaging next week. Coming too, right? in. Can't hardly wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, that is it for this episode of Food and Loathing. I want to thank all of our guests, Vic Vegas and Rick Moonen, for coming in for the whole episode. Thank Pleasure, you guys man. both so much. <laughs> and of course, Chris Johns, Chefs for Kids. Um, anything else we need to plug? Chefs for Kids tickets, we've already told people how to get them. Yes, we told people how to get them. Just, you know, if there's any chefs out there that want to help, follow Chef Chris John's lead. We would take the whole army to assist us because the more chefs we get is the more power we get and the more we can help these kids out. Okay. And Rick, if anybody's at the Country Music Awards, can they eat your food or do they have to be a star to eat your Sorry, food? Sorry, they got to be on the 150 level. They have to be invited by somebody that owns a suite. Well, you don't think I uh, have listeners who own suites? Okay. Well, you don't think I speak to that crowd? Uh, no, I'm saying... It's, I mean, they don't invite me, but <laughs> I speak to them. You, they you, listen you to me. You might get invite now, Al. I'd oh, love man. to see you. Uh, I never get invited. <laughs> and right. I will not... And the cilantro will be better this time because it'll be picked by somebody more talented than me. Because <laughs> oh. last time I was in Allegiant with Rick, I was picking cilantro. Now nah, we're going micro cilantro. It's much easier. <laughs> so go. please tell a friend about Food and Loathing and spread the word on social media. You can find all the handles at Al's website, theneonmohawk.com. Reach us direct by email, info at foodandloathing.vegas. And if you haven't done it yet, download the Neon Feast app. Use it to find your next great dining destination or your next crappy dining destination. There are no yes. crappy ones. No, no, but, of course but not. But some no. cheap ones, some inexpensive Fine ones. Fine dining, take yeah, out, neighborhood on joint, app everything. They were not recommended by X. Nice. Everything so. at the Neon Feast. And yes, to stay on brand, since we're here at South Point, I am going directly to the Sportsbook Hot Dog Cart. All right, <laughs> man. Well, I'm not going with you because I have to go get lunch down. You're not invited. Kitchen, so. <laughs> with producer Rich Johnson, I'm Al Mancini. Stay hungry. <laughs>